Hi, I'm Susanna Kalchich and you're listening to Life in Practice podcast. I'm curious about the big questions in life and how we can experience more meaning and fulfillment every day. Join me as my guests share their challenges, successes and what it means to put our purpose, our values and our lives in practice. Hello and welcome to Life in Practice podcast. Uh, this is your host Susanna and today my guest is Yanka Kure. Yanka uh, is a person who stutters. He's a creative director and runs his own photography business and he's also a speech coach on the Maguire program. Welcome Yanka. Thank you Susanna, thanks for having me and I'm really glad to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited. We've been friends for a really long time and we actually met thanks to the Maguire program. I actually recall the day very well whenever I, I knew that we were going to be friends. Because um, basically on the Maguire program, when we do that breathing warm up, where you have to um, maintain eye contact and like match each other's breathing and... I remember we were in some like random church hall in Pimlico and for some reason like there was like because it was really really quiet in the whole room because we're all doing this this breathing exercise mm -hmm. and then all you can hear was just the sound of this this chicken it was like who keeps chickens in in Pimlico it was so funny and I just remember just because it was obviously it's a, it's a s serious um moment you know when we're trying to focus on doing our breathing practices and I was just like I just was fighting so hard not to laugh and then you were trying not to laugh and it was just like going back and forth yeah no it it does it is a long time ago but I do remember that moment yeah. vividly at, at the funny thing is I don't think anyone else was laughing no it was just me I don't and think you. they even noticed us laughing but I know we were really going for it it's just yeah just just too funny yeah just the most random situation but exactly I, th I think that's why I knew that that we would be friends because you were the only other person laughing we uh, uh, we had a connection <laughs> from the start no I'm excited yeah mm. So, um, obviously, the way we connected was that we we both have a stutter and we both went on this um, intensive speech therapy program to, to work on it and overcome it. And I was wondering, could you tell me a little bit about your speech journey and like how it was growing up um, having a stutter? Yeah, so I think I first noticed my stutter when I was five. Um, it was around the time when my mother changed my writing hand from right to my uh, from my left hand to my right hand. Uh, for some reason, it didn't. No, it, it, it's probably an old wife's tale, old grandma's tale. Um, so she, being a doctor, I don't know why she did it, but she she thought writing from the left hand would no w would for some reason not come across well so so she switched my hands to to the right hand so i used to do everything else with my lef left hand except for writing um it was around that time when i noticed uh, i was reading in the, in the in the classroom about a couple of weeks after that and i just couldn't get any words out and and i you know i was standing there in front of the class trying to read something and i didn't know what was happening to me and i remember i was fairly good at um, academics and for some reason my English comprehension had a C, something like that and uh, that's when I realized that something was wrong 
um, and that continued for, for 25 years. It was only after I moved to the UK when I was 20, 21 that I n felt like I needed to do something about it. It took me another nine years to uh, get some courage to actually do something about it. And then joined the program at 30. And yeah, it's been it's been very different for me since then. Mm, yeah. So tell me like about some of your experiences, like being a teenager and like being in school, because I know those are some of the, the, the worst ones. Like, and how did you cope? Like, were you the, the, were you the only person that you knew that had a stutter or did you have anybody to share the experience with? I, mean, I didn't know a couple of other people in school who had a stutter. I, I just don't think people shared. Um, I, I think people didn't know how to, um, talk about it 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 wasn't something people spoke about it was something people tried to hide uh and the more i tried to hide it you know the, the more visible it became and i'm sure it's the same for everyone i'm sure it was the same for you growing up uh school is never an easy time thing the peer pressure um one thing i've noticed in school is that people don't really make someone make fun of someone individually it's always in groups so i i feel like there's people who probably didn't want to make fun of us uh were forced to, mm. and that made life difficult because there's you know people take any opportunity to you know make someone feel small. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's the reality of growing up uh, when you've got uh, something different when when you're when you're a little different to to others. So, mm. and can you share any? Do you have any stories of like how did you cope with being being made fun of at school and like? Were you like were you com like were, were you able to stand up to people or? I d I don't think I stood up to many people at the time. I remember there was a priest in my school because I went to a Catholic school. There's a priest at some point who used to get me to read in the class just to make make fun of me, and uh, it was a it, it was a fun exercise really? for him. And to this day, I now I used to tell my I mean my father went to the school his grandfather went to school his brothers went to school so he holds our school you know in high regard but I used to tell him what used to happen and he said no you know but this is the best school um, uh, so the actual like teacher like the the priest it was a priest it, it was a catholic priest who should be you know who should be more supportive of uh, that's horrible of people who've got you know, and and yeah so after I finished my A levels I didn't step foot in the school uh, for some reason I didn't want to go back because it didn't have any uh, any fond memories for me uh, it was a great school but I don't think back in the 80s early 90s the teachers or you know were equipped uh, to deal with someone who had you know something different it was all um, they were great teachers they were good at what they did but don't think they knew quite how to handle someone with you know uh, with uh, with with a disability or you know mm. someone who's different mm. i think that's uh, things i'm pretty sure th things are changing now changing now y you can see when you go to schools i've been to see a few schools for my daughter and things are very very different now people there's so much support for people who need extra help um uh, there was a point in a classroom where the kids are separated in, into their interests so if there's a bunch of kids who like dinosaurs they're taught separately by using you no, know, by using dinosaurs and you know, um, just to make teaching more fun, and there uh, there are rooms that people can go to if if they're struggling with something, if they're angry, if, if they're upset, which 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 wasn't there definitely not in Sri Lanka when I was growing up. Mm. So, what gave you strength during that time to 
to keep going? Ooh, um, I think family and friends. I, I always had a couple of friends who who was around, you know, who understood. So they they used to introduce me in the class. So every time we used to go to, every time we had to introduce ourselves, they used to have to say, "This is Yanka." Um, but I felt I looking back, I felt like I was holding those people back um, because there were so many activities like drama. um lots of clubs that they that they wanted to go to but they didn't because we used to go we we used to walk into these meetings and I used to stop at the door and not go in because I had to introduce myself so so my friends didn't go in themselves so they used to but I'm I'm I'm, I'm glad to have had them uh, at the time and obviously family family was helpful but I think the lack of information about how to deal with the stutter it was was quite evident and like I said I'm thankful I'm thankful that it's changing now Yeah, absolutely. And it's so great that you had uh, you had friends like that who were who were by your side. Mm. And it is it is really curious to me like why there isn't as much information out there about stuttering because it's been around for like thousands of years, you mm. know. Um yeah, well that's, you know, one of the reasons uh, behind this podcast and having conversations like this as well is to raise more awareness and to to basically also give people who stutter confidence as well that they also have a voice that's worthy of being heard because i think one thing that i can uh, relate to is like i was always the quiet one mm-hmm. you know yeah. and always yeah. being quiet can is imagine. that what is that what you did like did you like attempt to express yourself or would w- did that make you more withdrawn i think uh, um i had to agreed what he said you know you are considered the quiet one because you don't speak up and i and i was and i remember being okay, having to accept the fact that people didn't think i was smart enough to know some of the answers because you didn't we didn't put your hand i'm sure it, uh, don't know if it was same for you but uh so i was resigned to the fact that i wouldn't put my hand up to answer questions so you know people assume that i didn't know the answers it was the same at interviews so they just reading out in class but i think looking back now i f- um if if we were i mean we were at an age where we were not 10 to 15 as we get older we i i i feel like it it was our it was almost our, our responsibility to to speak up and to t- tell people about it obviously now uh, there wasn't it i mean i couldn't find any information about stuttering when you're going up you go, you go to speech therapists who are who are good at working with people uh, who've got speech impediments but not necessarily stutters so you know you you read with them but there's there's no uh, there's no work done on the psychological aspect of stuttering so i feel like it was it would have been great if we had the courage to if we had more courage than we what than we already had to speak up about it to go to tell people that look this is you know we 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 know shit <laughs> you know we know what we're talking about we just need a bit more time uh go to the teachers and tell them look and you probably don't know how to deal with someone like me but this but then it's it's a lot for a, it's a lot for a teenager to uh, to think about yeah absolutely because i think there's just so much shame i think mm. shame is a big part of having a stutter cuz yeah you do you feel different and like you can't communicate in the same way that that other people can and i think at that age people just want to fit in mm. you know and be n- quote unquote normal and be accepted yeah 
And yeah, I mean, obviously, whenever we were growing up, like there was no internet back then, believe it or not. You know, that's how old we are. Um, yeah, you Speak just didn't. Speak for yourself, <laughs> So, um, you know, we didn't have access, as much access to resources mm. as in, and information as we do now. So it's great. It's a great time to, it's a great time to be alive right now when we can um, when we do have access to so much more information and we can also spread awareness and share ideas. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to ask, so with your experience in school, then looking forward to the future, um, did that have an impact on like what you thought you could do as a career? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was resigned to the fact that I, I would have a quite a mediocre life, you know, a mediocre job. Medio mediocre life as a whole because I I knew there was only I, I really wanted to be a pilot when I was younger really wanted to be a pilot I was obsessed with aircrafts I knew all the logos of all the aircrafts I, I knew the names of the aircrafts I was so obsessed every time I saw a pilot I used to, uh, I used to be starstruck but uh, I, I was told by a lot of people that having speech impediment would uh, would stand would stand me with no chance of being a pilot you know and the fact that I had to wear glasses uh, w which is what I kept telling myself was the reason but so it's um it's knowing that you're limited to a certain role possibly uh, sitting at a desk or doing a job where you don't have to speak you know where, where you're not required to communicate um so yeah um which is which was the case for for a little while until you know until you can build build up courage and until there's more awareness that that stammering is a disability and and that no we should be given the same amount of time and and the same opportunities to to succeed as everyone else should be uh, be given so yeah and so w what was your first job then after uni or did you you went to university right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so at at um, yeah. i mean was there what well, did you struggle a lot at university first um I mean, at university, I got by because you know, there wasn't a lot of uh, presentation work and um, things to do on my course because I did an IT, IT course. So there, uh, there were a couple of. And did you choose IT because that's what you actually wanted to do, or? Um, I, th I think the the whole IT aspect was the fact that uh, when you're growing up in Sri Lanka, you either you either become a doctor or a lawyer or, or IT. And I was always I always liked IT. I was always um, messing around with computers and stuff. So IT was uh, was a choice that I I wanted. But um, I did like you said, being a pilot was completely out of the picture. I, I really like drama. I wanted to, you know, I used to love going to watch dramas and, and musicals and I knew how I would struggle with to do them, to those. I I used to be in a couple of bands, but I was always, uh, you know, I, the funny thing about music is that you don't stutter when you sing. And But even then, I didn't want to be in the front because I would have to talk at some point, introduce uh, the band, introduce myself. So I didn't want to be a singer because of that. Um, I was happy to be in the background playing the bass or the, um, or other instruments. So it, so I knew I, I, I was um, I was resigned to certain job roles uh, with, with interviews. Although I would cut in and say that even though like you didn't know, it's like you perceived it that way that you were resigned to certain job roles. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's yeah. Because uh, I think that's what, what we'll get onto is when you shift that perspective and like how things can change. Yeah. No. But yeah. Uh, Sorry, did I? <laughs> I hope it no, didn't no, 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 no. It was just me trying to. Uh, it was. Yeah. It, it was It is the fact that we. Uh, sorry, I've lost my train of thought there. No, uh, it's fine. So you were. Uh, it's basically you were. You felt that you were uh, resigned to doing certain roles, and like, and that uh, you thought that that's all that was really possible for you. Like mm. you didn't venture into jobs or experiences that you really wanted because you didn't want to put yourself at the forefront. You didn't want to be the like the focus of attention because you knew that that being the focus of attention required you know speaking mm, yeah it, being uh, like the key communicator that's absolutely true um my first ever job while in uni uh, was working at a chicken cottage uh, so, but even then i didn't put, put myself to be at the front uh, serving customers so i was always at the back you know sorting our chicken and stuff so even a situation like that w- would have been difficult uh, because it's such a high, high pressure situation. I, w- I would have to call out, you know, the, the names of orders. So something like that. E- even, uh, but I do, I do want to say I was working at. Um, I had a job at Marks Spencer's for four to five years, and they really made an effort to make people feel um, equal. So over time. Uh, I was given more leadership roles. They, they no, they all knew how to start. They, uh, they, they uh, I was put in charge of the the whole customer service section at Marks Spencer's. I was given more confidence. I think that was when I first started getting confident. I remember going to an interview at Marks Spencer's and I told the HR manager that I had a sutter and and the first and the first thing she said was, "Don't worry, darling. That's it's gonna be fine." And it's just just little things like that. So I I, I admire companies. Even at the time, so 2004, we probably uh, made an effort to make everyone feel um, e- feel equal, get pe- equal opportunities to people. You know, so I feel like I wasn't restricted as to where I want to go. But then, working at MNS wasn't my ideal job in the first place. But it w- it was it was a great part time job uh, when I was going to uni compared to some of the other ones I've done. Yeah, and I can I can imagine the kind of confidence boost mm. that having s- having um uh working in an environment like that where y- they could recognize that okay a slight disfluency mm. in your speech isn't a big deal yeah. like you've got more to offer than that yeah i think that's so so important that um more employers um recognize that yeah i, th- I think now you know you hear so many stories about and you see ev- every day you know so many different types of people with lots of uh disabilities of their own working in in high pressure jobs which is great to see because you know, mm. um we all have something to offer in any situation totally and would you say um having a stutter did that actually because we're kind of talking about the negative mm. aspects of it but were there any positives like could you do you did you um see that there were any gifts from from having a stutter i think i think I'm, I'm sure y- uh you would agree with me susie that uh, having a stutter meant that we had to be good listeners so uh, we, we we had to uh, for me i realized um my dad got me a book when i was younger 
when you realize that making friends would be a little difficult, it was called How to Win Friends and Influence People. So Dale Carnegie. Dale Carnegie. Yeah. You know, um, the first thing he talks about is to remember someone's name, uh, make sure you mention it in every other sentence, and to get people to talk about themselves. So that way, we, we, we're talking very little, but we're getting the other person to talk about themselves, and they're automatically starting to like you because you're giving them a space. So I felt like we we became good listeners over time because of our in a because of our uh lack of confidence with being able to you know um communicate ourselves we became good listeners people could people could talk to us about their problems so i felt like i was also you know i was always on the phone listening to people i was always sitting down with people talk listening to their problems and didn't really have to say i, I don't think people want people to respond to a problem uh you just have to <laughs> listen and we, we were good at, we, uh, we were good at listening yeah yeah so okay, I, I, I think i think it it um it definitely uh, uh I, I, we agree with me I, I think it increased our empathy levels totally. um yeah but i do wonder though um you know with something like empathy like yeah i'm sure stuttering or having um an experience where you face um adversity in some respect definitely helps to develop empathy but i think on some people you know when they go through adversity even people who have a stutter i i have come across people who who lack empathy mm. and you know who are like you know some i i know some assholes you know mm -hmm. oh, <laughs> i completely agree with you so i think yeah i think it's almost like if you're already that way inclined i think it can um it can help to cultivate that mm. but then i think some people when they face ad adversity sometimes it can make them less empathetic and actually more um bitter and um does that make sense what i'm saying yeah you know what I, I mean i think people take different approaches yeah no i i, I understand what you mean I, I think what what you're trying to gonna say is that we i mean uh, you, you come across people who who feel like the world is against them you know who feel like they've got the biggest problem in the world um but then you see you know uh, you see a homeless person helping you know a homeless pers person feeding a cat on the street you no know, um when they prob when, when they're probably feeding them their own food so i think it's it's how we see the world um if if someone feels that like the world is against them and that everyone is is against them then they don't have the capacity to be kind to someone else you know i th i think you've got a it's finding that middle ground uh knowing that you no know, we we are struggling with something but that someone else might be struggling with with something else too is kind of getting to that stage when i think that's when we we are we're able to kind of be more empathetic no matter what we are going through ourselves mm, totally i think it's about like not being so self-absorbed mm -hmm. and having having a perspective um i know one thing um that tony robbins says is like if you feel depressed go and help someone mm. and that and, and that will because then when you're helping someone um you will see that you actually have a the value to provide for somebody you know that mm. you know you you have a valuable contribution to make therefore you your service mm. is needed in the world because i think with something like depression uh 
people can feel like they don't um, matter. I think that's kind of, uh, I think, one of the main aspects of it. Yeah, I think on on that subject, um, to lead nicely on to something I wanted to talk about is, um, I think think that's probably why a lot of people are... um, moving into more social enterprise jobs, uh, doing things that are more, you know, helping charities more, helping because um, um, it just makes you feel better. It, it makes you feel better about yourself uh, when you help other people. Even if it's for selfish reasons, you, you, feel, you feel good when you've, um, like you said, if someone's depressed and, and you go out and help someone, the you know uh, you might get a, ho- a homeless person t- saying thank you to you. No, you you made the day, and and I mean you can't not be happy. You can't not get a you know get a burst of happiness when you've when you've got that sense of uh, appreciation, mm. which you might not have got from your own family or th- or the friends around you. So I think um, it's great to see pe- more and more people. E- People quitting their jobs that they don't that they don't like that they feel like aren't really contributing to society and starting up their own companies, doing their own things, working for charities, spending the weekend helping people out. I think that's that's pr- that's probably one of the reasons. Like Baton Robbins said, maybe people are unhappy or depressed or anxious and are doing something to doing something else to make themselves happier rather than buying things and buying shit like Gary yeah, would say. Yeah, buying <laughs> dumb, dumb shit. shit. <laughs> yeah. <Okay. laughs> yeah, totally. Because um, like you've had experience with uh, depression and anxiety, mm. right? Yeah, absolutely. And can you talk to me a bit about that? Like wh- how did you experience it and um, wh- what helped you? I think it's, it's, I think as as someone who is a stutter, I'm, I'm sure you'd agree with me. Depression and anxiety are s- such a part and parcel of um, of of day to day life. Really, that um, sh- there were days where I didn't want to leave the room, where I didn't want to come out. Uh, you know, there were days there, there were days where I used to you know s- not n- not go to sleep for two three days uh, if there was a presentation, even if there I- even. I- if there was a work party, you would, I would no, I would be so anxious about it for days on end, um, for, for days on end about you no, know, how I would come across, whether I would make a fool of myself, whether there were introductions to be done. So it's just a constant, y- your brain being constantly on overdrive, you know, and not being able to focus on everyday things like work, b- being good at work, because you're 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 so focused on saying your name. Or you know um, whether you want to leave the house to come up with excuses to not go somewhere to come up with you know three four different answers to a question so that you get one que- one answer out so it's, it's it's tiring it's 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 just completely um, it's it's a waste of energy the energy you can spend on doing doing good things for yourself and for others yeah totally I think that's one of the things that people really don't realize about stuttering mm. is they they oh it's just like a little um, speech um speech impediment is just a disfluency but they don't actually realize the the um psychological impact and what actually is going on inside your head um as like what you say like changing words or 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 avoiding either si- situations or conversations or like certain questions like i know with me like sometimes if 
I would try to guide conversations in a certain mm. way because knowing like if someone if someone ask me certain things like i know i, I have to give a specific right. answer okay. you know and like just having to constantly be um like i think what's the word like being really vigilant okay and it's exhausting because well, you just like you, you think oh no like because if i go this way i'm gonna you know i'm i'm, I'm, I'm I, I won't be able to say this i won't be able to say that i mean at some point you must have become an expert <laughs> on on how to you know how to how to come up with things so so much so that people around you wouldn't wouldn't really notice you had a you had a problem you you be so good good uh, good with um so fake <laughs> yeah uh, just well, good pretending with to be yeah pretending to be yeah. someone else or pretending to be a, a, a certain way of ha- certain way just to j- just just to get through a conversation mm. and. So can you give me some can um can you share some uh experiences that you've had with that like have you ever gotten yourself into some deep shit doing like um changing words or um or avoiding things like has it has it has it have you paid a high price for that I th- I think so, I think I think so, I, um it it used to happen often because uh, I I used to always feel like um I had to put myself in in situations um and 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 then regret instantly about doing it uh so there was this one time so at at one of my previous jobs every Friday we used to sit around a table uh someone used to come up with a question the question was emailed in the morning so we all had to come with so it could be the fav- your favorite book favorite cuisine um and I used to hate it. I used to spend the good. I uh, didn't do any work in the morning, until we sat down for lunch, and it was the whole aspect of creeping death. So when your turn would come, and and uh, and so what is your favorite book? So I used to have three, four books in mind uh, as my favorite book. So there was there was there were a couple of times when I I wanted to say Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, which is my favorite book, but then I. Then I couldn't say that, and I want to say BFG, but then I stumbled on the word the BFG. So it's 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 situations where you think you're out of the woods, but then you you get into another hole, and then it just spirals on until, until no words come out. Uh, so it's uh, but then you know you have to put yourself in this situation. You know you can't not turn up for that lunch. You can you can, there's not, there are only so many excuses that you can you can make to. Missing situations, missing events that friends invite you for, especially growing up, you with all the peer pressure. Uh, you know that if if you don't turn up for events at work, there you know you are going to be passed passed on uh, promotions when they come along because you're seen as not um, not social. You know you're seen as someone who doesn't want to be in in, in those situations. Uh, so psychologically. No, you're, 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 you know you're going to be passed on, so you you put yourself down and then and then and then regret it for a couple of weeks after. So, mm-hmm. so you'll agree. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, completely agree. Um, so talk to me a bit about like how did your perspective on all this start to change? Because like now that I know you now, you're you're nothing really like that person. Obviously, you're still you, mm. who you are. But I mean, um, you're not any more trapped in uh, with those types of insecurities anymore yeah i I think um the older i got and i and i do want to um mention 
Marks and Spencer's again. They they really helped uh, build up my confidence. So so when I um, so I was better. I was in a slightly better place when I when it was time for me to get my first first real job um, after I finished uni. But um, it definitely started to change for me after I joined the Maguire program. Um, I, just to briefly uh, talk about Maguire program, it, it it's, it's an intensive course for people who stutter. You know, we had varying types of stutters. Um, what are the two forms of stuttering? Covert and overt. Yeah, I know. I forget that. Uh, so there's covert and overt stutterers. So we, um, we go on to the intensive course for four days. We work on the physical and the psychological aspect of it. And I think it's the psychological aspect of it that really changed things for me. Um, on the second and the third day, we go out to the streets and actively tell people that we have a stutter, which is something none of us, most of us hadn't done before. And that, the reaction you get from people, uh, if you have an open mind, obviously there, there, there's always one or two people who still, you know, still think it's funny or laugh. But most people stop. When you're being honest, so what I realized that when you're being honest about yourself, you know, you used to say, uh, do you have a minute? Uh, do you mind if I introduce myself? So I've got a stutter and I've been given a task of speaking to 100 people. So do you mind if I say my name? And these people just stop people, stop what they're doing. Even if they were running for their trains, because they want to be a part of, they want to be a part of, they want to be a part of your journey, and I think that's what would have been great to have known when we were growing up, that people, people are nice. They just don't have that. We just didn't give them an opportunity to be nice because we, we felt a victim. So people didn't know how to react with us. Whereas if we are honest and say, hey, we're okay, but we need your help to get us these numbers or to get to the next level. Uh, people are, um, yeah, most 99% of people are, are, are really helpful. And I find that as a coach, that's something I drive to people as well, even if it's work, whether it's, whether it's something to do with family, just, just to be honest about it. Even at interviews, at presentations, it's such a nice breaker because people will always, people will, will always think that you're brave to be where you are um, in spite of what you've gone through. So yeah, that's that's what I that's where it changed for me. The perception that other people w have about a stutter is uh, is completely complete down to us. Mm. Yeah, that's really powerful. Yeah, like I, um, I obviously went on the Maguire program as well, and I think my perception didn't change as quickly mm. as yours did. But definitely since going, I think <coughs> the um, Maguire program was one of the like key points of my mm. journey i'd say because mm. that's that that's when i saw things change um i think it was probably at least from the speech therapy that's available out there at least for me mm. that was definitely the most effective because uh, i think as you said as well um you kind of pointed on um saying about like you're not the victim and i think with maguire what i really appreciate about it is that it's very proactive mm. it's very positive it's not you know and it and <coughs> it gives you hope well not just hope but like shows you a way that you 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 are capable and you can do anything you want to do yeah that i i uh, completely agree that I, th I think the fact that we 
Ähm. Was soll ich das sagen? Ähm. Well, I think um, I was going to say <coughs> with because with some other speech therapies and support groups, it's more like, oh, let's just talk about, oh, we have a stutter. My mm. life's shit. You know, mm-hmm. I couldn't say this word. And like yeah. now I feel like shit. And, you know, oh, woe is me. Um, whereas with an environment like the Maguire program, you can still be like, okay, I struggled with this. I feel bad, but this is what I can do about it. This what is what are we going to do about it? Yeah, yeah what, what you are know, we, we like if we just sit at home and cry, yeah, we need to sit at home and cry. So, uh, we need to have a good cry. Yeah, yeah, get your cry out, and then, and then go let's out. let's go and smash it. Absolutely. <laughs> I think what also um, based on what you said about uh, that, you took a little bit more time. I joined the program when I was thirty, and I knew I had to. Uh, I knew I had to be okay with it very soon because I I, I was almost running out of time in my career. I nah, I was I was luckily doing a job I liked as a graphic designer, but I still was working for someone. I still wasn't getting the promotions because of my speech. I still wasn't moving on in my career as, as quickly as I wanted to because of my speech. And I think because uh, the fact that I was 30, I, I felt like I needed to put myself out there no matter what the risks were i really like this quote from richard branson that i try and apply to every situation if uh, if someone gives you i don't know if i'm quoting this right if someone gives you an uh, amazing opportunity uh say yes no matter what and then figure out how to do it um which is i think we did that at toastmasters when we first went to toastmasters and someone told us to uh, put our names down for table tof- topics i, I still um, shudder at the thought of how scared we were uh, going up there for the first time but it just got easier and easier as we went on and then now you, you yourself have won so many awards for table topics and evaluations and, and you were the president of the Toastmasters Club so it's it's incredible what we can achieve once we've um, accepted the fact that we've got a stutter but we're no we are be- uh, no I I wouldn't be wrong in saying that uh, some of us are better speakers than the most fluent speakers out there, you know, we we're, we're doing things that a lot of people still not have to think about doing. Mm, totally. And one thing that I would say, um, n- not just about the having a proactive attitude, but also having the right support around you. I think that's, I think one of um, the really great things about the Maguire program is just having that support network which is you know how I, I got to know you and it's 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 thanks to you that I went to Toastmasters no. it's because you know I knew well you're the one who 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 invited me to come along but knowing that you were going to be there by my side mm. that I wasn't going to have to do this alone you know that's what gave me the courage that's what gave me the the strength to go and do it oh i'm, I'm um, i mean yeah it's um, it's it's great here, but then after the chicken episode, I wasn't gonna pick anyone else. We're gonna talk masters. You know, if 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 we were gonna be scared out of our lives, we might as well, you know, we we might as well have a um, you know a, a laugh about it, have something to laugh about. You know, whenever we're scared. No, but um, yeah, I'm um, really really pleased for you as to how well you've done. The fact that you're you're I doing know, a podcast, I know. Can you doing imagine, a podcast. Like, you're when you. 
when we first were getting to know each other like this is like my worst nightmare <laughs> yeah <laughs> and like you know there's no way like the how you knew me then like there's no way i would do anything like this so it just goes to show like if you just keep going just keep mm. pushing yourself yeah. keep putting in that practice like you will get there just take it one step at a time yeah I think, like you said, it's, it's knowing that the first time is going to be hard no matter what you do, right? You f- first swim is hard, the first run is hard, the first time you speak in public, it, but it gets easier, it gets easier, it gets it gets more, you know, it, it becomes comfort zones. Uh, it's still exciting, it's still ner- n- nerve-wracking, but it's it's a fun, uh, it's a fun nerve-wracking. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. it's not that kind of dread, that, that pit in yeah. your stomach, it's more like, oh, uh, this is like, it's a... It's a um, like the the feeling of nervousness is more like excitement. Yeah, and 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 to touch on that, um, it's a support network. You know, you're going to be okay after, even if you stumble. You know, you're going to be okay because you've got that support network around you who've been through the same thing as you. I think that's that's what we didn't have before. You know, if we stumbled at work, we'd be alone unless there was someone at work who felt it, who felt empathetic, and and took us to a side. Which didn't really happen a lot, but now, you know, we can always call someone and say we had a really shit day uh, with our speech. And they, they, they'd probably say, you know, they, they had a few situations that they weren't happy about themselves and just laugh about it mm. and plan on what to do about it. Mm, which is, uh, I think with, that's what's changed. And just to um, change topic now, um, so uh, I would like to hear more about your um, transition from going to a from having a nine to five job and then um, basically ru- running your own uh, photography business. Cause like, that's a huge leap. And um, talk to me a bit about like, first of all, like why? And is it is it cause you had that changed um, perspective of like, okay, I don't have to be stuck in this job that you actually have the confidence mm. and the capability to do what you really wanna do. Yeah, I, I think once you um, start adding those those feathers to your to your hat after the program, um, like I, like we discussed, I joined Toastmasters, um, became VP of Education, uh, so got given those responsibilities, became a coach on the program, uh, was given other leadership roles on the program. I felt um, that you know these are things that. No, fluent speakers uh, um, don't really put their put their names down for, uh, as 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 you know. On at the end of the program, we all get up to speak, and our regional director always invites the audience to come speak. And no one no one steps up. No one steps up because they know they can't do what we've just done uh, to uh, to the same level that we've done it in. Um, so I think I soon realized that I had so much catching up to do. I had so much catching up to do on life I, I really wanted to um i don't want to say do my own thing I, I i really wanted to be around a lot of people every day um i i, I like I, I i like hearing people's stories um and obviously i i, I like photography i was always a annoying guy with the camera at any event uh, but I, f- I thought photography was an outlet for me to do that, to to not be in one place, to meet people all the time, to to be to be empathetic, to uh, to hear people's stories, and to 
and to have a career that didn't feel like a job it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like um like you said it's it's no longer 95 it's it's sometimes um 6 a.m. to 2 a.m. the next day but i enjoy it because it's 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 what it doesn't feel like a job it uh gives me time to it gives me time to spend with the people i love um and like i said it's it's a when when you get appreciation from others about something that comes uh, that doesn't feel like a job that comes naturally um that's yeah that's why um i decided to go for it i, I it was scary it was scary uh, leaving a job that was comfortable at that point it had got very comfortable I, I, i was good at what i was doing um but i i knew if i didn't do it then i, I was 30, i was 33 34 Uh, and and I and I quit on my 35th birthday so I knew I was running out of time to do my own thing um yeah so that's that, that I think that's the main reason I wanted to want to be around wanted to be able to w- walk to where I want to be I wanted to be able to have three hour lunches I wanted to have lunch with a friend and then go to work uh, for an hour and then come you know it's it's just the flexibility flexibility to do my own thing uh, whenever I wanted to pick the clients I wanted to yeah mm, amazing So but that's like a huge um undertaking that quite a lot of people dream about and you know think oh wow yeah doing like your own thing and uh quitting a nine to five if it's not something that that is r- that is right for you um can you take me through like some of the steps that you had to take to achieve that and like what wha- and also what were some of the main challenges I think I mean uh I would like to quote uh, Gary Vee on this. Uh, it's it's it's, the, it's <laughs> we need we to love be a bit of Gary <laughs> Vee. <laughs> Gary, you're the one who <laughs> introduced me to Gary. Well, uh, I completely yeah. I, I don't know if I should have introduced uh, anyone to Gary. Well, <laughs> no, no. We, we love you, Gary. If you see this, <laughs> but I, I think what Gary says is be prepared to eat shit. Uh, oh yeah. Which is, people have these ideas about what they want to do, but they're like, no, but you don't want to. They don't want to change their lives too much to do it. Um, it's it's whether whether you're sleeping uh, you know whether you, l- l- like what Gary always says you know you you've got 24 hours a day you you, you know if if you spend 12 of it watching netflix or you know certain number of it eating or you know uh, playing games or sleeping you're you can't expect things to change um there's this great quote about change i, c- I can't remember it now um it's like for things to change you have to change yeah something, uh, so- like that. Uh, something along like you can't expect things to change if you're if you're still in the same place if you're still if you're still doing the same thing you can't expect to get different results mm-hmm. uh so it was a case of you no know, being prepared to be rejected being prepared the amount of re- rejection i got at the start um i soon realized that i i couldn't even afford to take an hour to feel sorry for myself because i was lo- you know if if someone canceled you know uh, or, or or said no uh, to hiring me i needed to spend the next three, four hours trying to compensate for that you know waking up in the middle of the night wondering how you're going to pay the bills are you going to pay the rent uh things like that are, was such a part and parcel of it at the start but but like um no but like I, i think the fact that we we had to be strong uh, growing up with a starter that we, we we built this kind of strong exterior meant that i didn't 
let that um, engulf me, if, if that's the right word. Um, so, you know, it was a case of, okay, this is happening. Um, and, and I think I had this ego uh, that I um, that didn't want to let myself down. Um, that I felt that I needed to do, to do this for myself. I... Um, And yeah, it, 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 it's um, it's knowing that it gets easier um, as as time went on, things started to become become more natural. Uh, work started to become, as in um, recommendations came in. You know, um, people started appreciating what you do, um, and, and I truly believe that. Um, People, um, what I'm trying to say is, that, um, uh, I think even your friend, close friends and family won't really say you made it un until you, you know, un until you got to the stage. It's, it's, uh, did you feel like you didn't have, uh, like, didn't you didn't have enough support when you were doing this transition from? Your your like full time job to your to your side hustle. No, no, I I I I definitely had support, but but mm -hmm. I think what what people don't realize it is is the um is is the amount of um demons in your head the first you know six or one year um telling you that it it's not working you know any rejection you know, is is this really the right thing to do is uh, did I do the wrong thing. And then people around you want to support you. You know they don't want to. You know, um, so it's it's about surrounding. It was about surrounding myself with positive people, who kept you know who who, who keep you going, who keep reiterating the fact that you did the right thing. You know, uh, it that 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 is very important. Uh, having a, a kind of group of people around you when when things are a little difficult. But then, did you did you ever feel like you wanted to quit? Um, I felt that uh, there were times where I where I questioned whether I did the right thing, whether because things were comfortable, I was able to afford kind of the things I wanted to afford, and I and I, I I changed it all. So there are times when 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 things aren't the same, uh, when when you when when you've got to cut back on on certain things and until you become they're saying, did I do the right thing? Did I need this at this point in my career? Did I really? Now, um, did I did I really want to leave the comfort of a uh, healthcare and pension and stuff like that, and and to constantly be worried about getting leads and? But then, like you said, as as things go on, things as with anything, things get easier. Things start to happen. Um, little things start to happen where you just you know you know this this, this is why you're doing it this way. I use um, after every photo shoot, every photo shoot, I felt this sense of satisfaction that I never got from even the jobs that I like the satisfaction that you've just done something that you absolutely love to do and you've got so much good feedback out of it and you've been able to make people happy by doing something you love that satisfaction has has not gone away and I hope it never goes away because it it, it just um, it keeps it keeps me going for another day and until the next next until the next shoot until the next shoot it's, it's just just an incredible feeling and uh, yeah that, that's what keeps me going just a satisfaction um 
doing something you love mm. and being and you know, you know the making a living out of it 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 it, it comes with the it, it comes in time you know making money out of it comes in time but the satisfaction um the the impact it has on on someone's men- mental health uh you know you're not waiting for saturday and sunday or, or the two days that you're off you're you know you uh, the amount of people who, who hate mondays you know it, it, it's such a common thing you you go social media monday comes along and you go on social media like okay god really and you know you're supposed to be happy that you're alive but no okay you hate mondays you hate going into work um going into an office uh, uh, things are very different now you know i i I, I get to go into companies where the work culture is so different. There's dogs w- running around. People can work from wherever they want to work. It, it's very different now to what it was 10 years ago. But there's still one or two people, you know, who who can have an impact on, on, on the rest of the team. Whereas I, I don't have that now, you know. It's, it's completely up to me about uh, how I feel. And, uh, you know, if every 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 time I take a train to this incredible city, I feel I feel really lucky that God, I get to do this. That uh, something I love to do. No, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's mm, amazing. Amazing. So, how long did it take uh, for that transition? So, were so when you were working full time and then you were able to quit your job to to go and do the photography full time? How long was that period? So, um, oh. Uh, I, w- I was quite fortunate in in a way uh, because my previous company in the last year we moved into a a we work which is a co-working space uh so what that did for me was so I I I was thinking about it for about a year but then I I, I soon realized that this this was an opportunity for me to be in an office to to do my job but at the same time to get you know to get potential clients for my future move so that so there came a point where uh, I used to work in the morning till lunch then lunchtime I would go to another floor and take photos for a company w- without without my company knowing and then in the evenings I used to do the same thing so I was able to build up a bit of a portfolio um, you know portfolio for six to eight months before I decided to quit so it so it it it, it wasn't a case of I can't do this anymore. I quit, and then what do I do now? I I I realized that I could take use of this opportunity to work with other clients. So I uh, there are certain companies I still work with. Um, th- th- three years on, um, companies that have that were that are two or three people growing up. Now they're thirty, forty people, which which is which is great. Uh, so that I I, I felt like uh, that's something. Uh, you know when when people do decide to quit I, I I think we have to think about having some sort of income to sustain you know basic rent you know to be able to feed yourself and then being prepared to work twenty hours a day until you get to the stage where where you can where you can get rid of eight hours of that day so you can spend you can work twelve hours a day instead of twenty but that has to happen. For a period of time, um, to be able to get to the stage where you can cut down on 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 the aspect that you don't like, so mm. you've got to be able to do both. You no, know, twenty hours, twenty one hours a day, twenty two hours a day, eighteen hours a day, until you get to the stage where you can say, "I quit." 
when you know that you can make this work. Mm. So yeah. sorry, and did you say that 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 time period took about half a year? Uh, yeah, I I I d- I did that. I did that. For, I did that for about six years. Uh, for about six <laughs> months. I did that for about six to eight months. Okay. And it was only kind of then. I mean, it was still it was still nothing compared to um, where I needed to be to be able to sustain um, on a monthly basis. But I, it gave me an idea of who I can target, you know, the people I can market to. And I en- ended up, as soon as I quit, I ended up uh, getting a membership at another WeWork because that's where I had already built up uh, a customer base. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I found the whole the co- co-working um, aspect we have in, in London as, as such a blessing. Mm, yeah. And so basically when you left, like your... Um, uh, your um finances like from um photography weren't really completely comfortable mm, is yeah, that yeah, what you're saying yeah, it was yeah. still a bit you know um like you could do with a bit more like yeah. or, like it was basically it was just covering your basic needs or was mm. it even slightly under that yeah i mean yeah the most basic of needs because yeah. I, because i was only i was only doing photography lunch times and yeah. evenings and that, that that that's not enough to sustain uh but w- what was uh, beneficial for me is that my, my last two years of my job, I was given the role of operations manager, um, which which gave me a... Um, so it was a big sw- switch from graphic designer way where you're not really thinking about the business aspect of it. You know, you're so focused on the visual element of it. You, you know, you're not concerned with know how a business is run how much money comes in and what money goes out whereas those two years um gave me an opportunity to see wh- where the pennies were being spent whether you know whether whether your supply whether you need to do to hire someone to do a job whether you do it yourself whether you know uh, all aspects of running a business so so i felt i had all these um i was building these skills to be able to run a business uh, that I was being, uh, that I was going to make it somehow. That I was going to make it work somehow with the skills I had. Mm, amazing. Um, and when I ask you um, just a bit about um, the um, marketing side of things, um, like how did you um, get clients? Like how did you approach people? Because um, obviously. Um, with having a speech impediment, what you said before, you were like trying to, you were almost, you were avoiding mm. speaking situations, like putting yourself out there and like being at the at the forefront. And like, obviously this required a lot of communication skills, mm. like uh, persuasion and uh, so many things. So can you tell me about like, wh- what was, what was it like, uh, what was it like at at the start when you were um, approaching clients and like trying to get leads and everything? Mm, so, so approaching clients, we um, what we spoke spoke about before when we had uh, you know a starter we couldn't control. We were our, our, our biggest skill was that the fact that we were good listeners, and that's such a great marketing tool. Um, so if I if I got in, if I get in touch with someone, if someone gets in touch with me, I would email back saying, "Hey, I can come over 
for a coffee or do you want to come no i've got this face here do you want to come over for a coffee so when when meeting someone face to face whether you've got a stutter or not i i started in front of people you know even after the program i still stutter but meeting someone for the first time and then allowing them to talk about their business being being genuinely interested in someone's business i don't think that happens often enough you know it's um most people will send emails saying these are my rates this is what i do this is what i'll provide rather than you know researching on someone's comp- business what makes i mean most of these most of the people you meet are business owners themselves they they they've 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 started their, their own business because they've got a story whether it's to help a loved one whether you know getting them to talk about their business is i i found such a great marketing tool uh, so when i felt like when i used to leave the room i knew that they 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 would hire me not because of my photography skills on itself but because of how, because of how i made them feel and because how they believe that i will take their business forward and how i'll care about their business uh, rather than talking to them about how good i am at what i what i'm doing because i i i certainly don't believe that if there were if there were three or four photographers in a row that i wouldn't be the strongest photographer out there but what i would bring other skills that i had pre maguire is the ability to listen and to be genuinely empathetic to care about someone someone and their and their and their business yeah i love that that's amazing and that's obviously worked out really really well for you yeah i i, I think it's 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 a skill that um no face to face communication is a skill that no people should be uh, uh, i mean that uh, that's why people have face to face meetings and that's why people have I find a lot of interviews now happen not in a scary room but in a coffee shop so that people know that the person coming in for the interview that the 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 objective of the interview is not to scare someone off the objective of the interview is to to bring out the best in the person so they they're hiring the best person for the job so things are changing now uh face to face you know there's there's nothing like it I, I don't think email or even you know video conferencing no that's it obviously a lot better than emails but just just meeting someone for coffee just just having a conversation about what they care about is um, you know is is such a surefire way of you know getting them to getting them to like you which which means there's a high, highly highly there's a likelihood that they might hire you for the job because they like you not because you've got this portfolio not because you use all this equipment no because because they like you yeah 100% i completely agree with that and like that's um one of the one of the aspects like to your point about the importance of face to face communications which is why i've decided to do my podcast mm. this way as well because a few people say oh why don't you just like why 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 are you um bothering like with with all these cameras you can just do like a zoom call you can do this i'm like no, no. i don't think so no, no, <laughs> i know I, I won't i want face yeah. to face i want Coffee, I, w- I want face this face yeah yeah i want i want to have the um eye contact yeah. i want to i want to feel the vibe you know i want i want to be able to smell the person you know no, that's what it is <laughs> no i mean uh, we're still in 29 but in 2019 but you you still talk to someone you can't hear them yeah you, you lose reception you know it's it's just like being in someone's present and being present yeah. with someone mm. there is nothing, nothing like, like it, it. absolutely nothing like it yeah and obviously like you've seen how powerful that can be like for uh, to help you to run mm. your business so even though technology is amazing and it helps us in so many ways 
but still like it still comes down to the very basics of what's really important in human communication yeah that's very true i mean um i mean um some of these meetings or introductory meetings i i, I go to we we ha- we we n- we hardly talk about the actual job. No, it, it it could be about you know it could be about a movie that's no it just could be about something. I'll, I'll do my research before I go in, but I'll cut and and then and then towards the end of the meeting, okay okay so so we'll see you we'll see you into, um, so that showed me early on uh, that people on people on hiring the best photographer, which which was good news for me because <laughs> I'm there's a long way to go for me as uh, in my photography. But what I ha- what I bring to the table is is my ability to. Uh, to be to 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 be to be uh, to t- to take someone's wouldn't even say business to take take someone's passion and to to cr- to to um to, to take someone's passion and to dive into it to be a part of it rather than saying you know this is how this is how I'm gonna do my job. Mm. So how does it make you feel then when you think back to like how you were as a teenager or as a young um, adult just uh, having so much fear and avoidance around communication and now when you're running your own business it's actually your communication skills are your greatest asset and your um, biggest your biggest selling point. How, how does that make you feel? It's crazy. I mean, uh, um, I'm, I'm sure that's the feeling you go through daily. The fact that, you know, uh, what, what are you doing now with the podcast, with Toastmasters? You know, you, you probably pinch yourself something like, what? Really? <laughs> um, so I, I think it's it just goes to show that we can we can turn our lives around no matter, no matter what, what, what what's thrown at us. And um, now looking back, a part of me is glad that we went through some of that because there are people now who wouldn't say snowflakes, but uh, <laughs> who not had to struggle as much as we have, who are comfortable being in positions um, because they wouldn't be able to cope with it if they were put in tough situations. So, whereas we think, no matter what what the world thro- th- throws at us, we we know we'll come out of it because we have come out of it. Uh, so regularly, um, even if we've cried it out, we've come out of it. You know, um, I think that's so. In in a funny way, I'm almost kind of glad that uh, we've kind of gone through what we've gone through growing up. Even though it wasn't nice at the time, even though we missed out on a lot of opportunities, we're making up for it now, and that's what matters. Mm, totally, yeah. I think um, um, adversity can be such a, a a powerful way to to shape one's character mm. and test one's uh determination as well yeah i, I think um now these skills are what makes us far more employable than than your average joe mm. <laughs> um because of what because of the extra skills we bring to the table and not not just academically things things have changed now you know people are looking for weirdos no 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 that's that's wrong what people are looking for someone with passion someone someone who's got a story to tell 
Yeah, exactly. Someone who who will who they know will will get things done uh, because they've you know someone who will make it happen. Yeah, because they've because they've been through they've hardships, been th- been through hardship. and then you know they'll they'll be able to uh, deliver. Mm. You yeah. Know? Um, just beginning to to wrap up. The time goes so quickly, I know, right? I know. Um, no, fun. What have been like some of the key practices that have helped you overcome challenges and attain success? Like, what are the things that you've had to do daily and you know really be consistent with? I th- I, I think uh, on that question, um, I'd, I'd first like to talk about the word success. I think, w- think the word success means different things for different people. Uh, for s- for some people, it's about the ability to buy a Ferrari. For some people, it's about uh, going on holiday. Uh, but I think f- uh, for me, success more than all of those things is is happiness. Is 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 about ending the day or beginning the day being excited about what you're going to do, or ending the day excited about what you've just done. Um, there are times when I'm up at two, three in the morning. I'm, si- I'm still, still buzzing from the next, from the day before, and buzzing for the next day, which starts in a few hours. But, but, uh, but it, it's um, the buzz is um, I- is what I, I think for me, success is happiness and uh, joy in. Um, in, in doing something that you're uh, you really feel passionate about, so I think uh, daily practices would m- being I think working hard, no working hard on um, constantly learning, constantly learning. Um, we can learn anything nowadays. We can learn anything on YouTube, you know, by reading. There's no excuse for not not constantly trying to be be good at what you're doing. Um, having I, th- I think well. I forgot the most important thing is having the right people around you. Having the right people around you, the the positive people, and I don't mean the people who are not going through something. The people who are positive and empower other people. You know, um, having a group of people you can constantly go and have coffee with, who tell them your idea, who tell you their ideas, and who you know who collaborate with you. It's just uh, the right right people. So if it means if it means cutting out people who haven't done anything wrong to you, but who, well, you know, who want the right energy you need, then then it has to be done. No, you don't want to spend any. You don't want to spend two hours in the day with someone that uh, that doesn't leave you feel feel positive after that meeting. Uh, there, so just having the right people around you, just having the right people around you who you can grow with, uh, people who are. They may be struggling. We're all, you know, we're all struggling at at something. We're all struggling at some point in life, but people you can grow together with, mm. not people who bring you down. Yeah, I think like um, when people talk about positivity, at least from my perspective, it's not about being uh, delusional or no. like not seeing what's there and not having the space to be able to say like, "Hey, I'm going through a tough time mm. here. Like I, I'm struggling." I think for me, positivity is about being more focused on uh creating solutions mm. rather okay yeah we're we're like right you know we find ourselves in a shitty situation right now but instead of talking about how shitty it is mm. let's think about how can we yeah get out of this shit yeah that, yeah that's so true. and i think that's where the the right people c- come, come in handy um 
the people who are gonna pick you up uh, when you need that ex um, when you need that ex extra boost. Yeah, so I think I mean I, I don't think working hard ever ever goes out of style. Mm. Uh, working hard um, and 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 to constantly make sure you're oh keep coming right Gary yeah I think that mm. this is Gary's strongest uh, phrase enjoying the process enjoying the process of um, the, the marketing you know there are still people who run their business who don't like certain aspects I think that's fine and that's that's when you hire other people to do do certain aspects but but especially at the start you've got to enjoy every process of it the 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 marketing aspect of it the, you know the sending emails out that the, um the tax aspect of it which which I still haven't found a way to enjoy it uh but um which which now I've I've been able to get someone to uh, to deal with the side of it so um the one thing that used to stress me out about the business is, is now no longer a stressful thing because here you go please deal with it um so um enjoying every aspect of it enjoying the process enjoying uh you know uh the heart enjoying building the website enjoying doing the marketing enjoy writing copy and and, and not just uh you know not just the reason what why you why you went to the, the job so enjoying the whole thing whole mm, process totally yeah i agree because that's that's essentially what 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 what, what what you're doing because like the the goal isn't to get the job done mm. it's like the goal is to do the job yeah the, and, and 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 the goal is not even uh, and, and and most people's end goals are the salary at, at the end of the month or, or the payment for the job but if you haven't if you're not enjoying the the process of getting there enjoying the company enjoying the people you work with then you know it, it's it's not the right business totally um, so um what do you value most and how do you put it into practice Ooh, what I value most, I think, uh, being around the right people. Uh, uh, f for me, this career move has given me the ability to spend a lot more time with my daughter, with my wife, with my family. Um, it even if it means that I'm up at two, three a.m. just to just to cover up for, uh, you know, the work I need to finish because you know no no one else is going to do it, but. It's given me the flexibility to be able to do that. No, I'm, I'm not. Um, no, I'm, I'm able to take my daughter off um, for all spend two days with her when the rest of the world is working. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm able to have lunches and have coffees with friends. Uh, if someone's got a day off, or if someone's doing the same thing as me, you know, we we'll we'll go to the museum in the morning from nine to twelve, and then we'll when we'll go for a job in, in the in the afternoon. You know, it, it's it's the ability to. Um, to kind of um, having the freedom uh, to spend your time with doing the things you like and with the people, with the people you want to do things with. I think that's what's different now. Whereas now, even if it was a nine-to-five job, there I'm sure that there, there are lots of people we we like and we belong, and we become friends with, but there, there there's still an ele element of you are you have to be here at a certain time you have to be here uh you have to sit with these people you have to with, like i said with the, things are changing now at companies and things are different now but uh, you know that's that complete that completely goes out i mean but then on the flip side that there are very very lonely times that there are times when you know um 
there are times when you know, uh, like uh, when my, my first year, I I suddenly didn't ha- didn't have a work Christmas party to go to, you know, and you see you see how incredible the Christmas parties were, and suddenly, you no, know, uh, there's no, so you cannot lose that side of it at the start, but then you build your own circles, you know, it, you, your clients become kind of like your work family. Uh, you, and you're not forced to, you know, sit with them on a daily basis. You, you, uh, you become they become your family because you pick them. You know, they picked you. You pick them, and it becomes a circle of people you want to be around. Mm. I remember before you also touched upon the importance of empathy and kindness. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Um, what was the last part of the question again? Well, it's basically like, well, what do you value most yeah. and how do you put it Sorry, into practice? Yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah. So I know uh, like the, having the freedom to do what you love mm. and to uh, connect with the people you care about yeah. the most. Mm. And obviously like how you've done that is like through changing like w- w- what you do um, and being able to transition from your job to running your own business. Mm. Uh, and, and and yeah, on, on what you talked about, on um, you said empathy and kindness is i find is the biggest tool is the biggest marketing tool uh for my business and i think it, it probably is the same for a, a lot of businesses um uh, because most people need someone to be honest and kind of care about their product their business their their you know their their idea and and can you give me an example of like how you practice empathy and kindness in small ways because I, I i believe that the devil is in the detail or not just the devil but the angel is in is is in the detail as well and i think those are it's the it's the um accumulation of those small actions consistently over a long period of time mm. that that's that's uh, sometimes what matters more than than like a grand gesture. So I'd love to hear some examples mm. of um, how you use that. Yeah, no, definitely. So I um, one one example is I work with this company called Change Please, and they what they do is they um, they're a social enterprise. So they they get homeless people off the street and then train them to be barristers, and then they they give them a job. They find them a place to live. So this company has been going for three years now um, and I do the photography for them because they're based out of my work and now that they're uh, Richard Branson uh, took them on board and now they're the only coffee supplier on Virgin Trains Virgin Aircrafts Virgin Hotels wow. so so I've I, I seen lots of pictures with the with the owner uh, with Richard Branson and it was this guy who you know just started his own thing at my workspace uh, who used to see day on day in day out slaving, slaving away and one thing we do on these uh, when I do the photography is we tell stories of the homeless people, you know, and it's just um, so when I am taking the photographs, I get them to t- get them to to talk about the stories, uh, give them an outlet to speak, and it's yeah, I I I, f- I find it it an uh, find as a photographer I have. I had that opportunity to be able to do that, whereas you no know, someone, I, someone in another profession just just don't have that one-to-one connection with 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 that person. So it was just me and him in a room, 
um, at some point he forgot that I was he was being photographed because I was getting him to talk about now why he went homeless. So you know you, you can get him, see him getting emotional, and at the end of the day, he, you know he, he he forgot that he was being photographed. And now we, we had this story, and then that gave us gave me another idea. So I've started this social uh, I've started this idea called In Between Service uh, that I'm that I'm doing a first shoot tomorrow with uh, with, with with a business partner that I found through my photography. So we are going to restaurants now, um, and we're interviewing chefs. Uh, so it's called in-between service. Mm. So we, we, we're talking to chefs about how they feel working in high-pressure, what, what they eat, because uh, apparently most chefs don't really look after themselves. You know, they, they create these you know, Michelin-star food for someone, and they, they have to quickly grab a sandwich. So we we we're, yeah. we're doing a first shoot tomorrow, and we're we're gonna we've approached Change Please to see if, if they can kind of work with us. So I'm really excited about that. As as this an opportunity, as I feel it, it's my duty as a photographer to give someone that uh, that opportunity to tell their story and to create a space where people almost feel like. They're stuck with me, right? They they have to get their photograph done, so they might as well tell the story, and that's what makes it work. That's why people kind of tend to open up because they they're in the space anyway. No, they can't run away. They they want to get their photo photos done. Then they might as well tell the story. So yeah, so I'm really excited for that project as well. We approach a few other restaurants, and yeah, hopefully, mm, that sounds amazing. And just to um just to and things like what what would you what would your advice be for someone who has a stutter and maybe who wants to start their own business i think um is to be honest with themselves is to be honest about the stutter you know our stutter doesn't have to hold us back our stutter holds us back if we let it hold us back you know we obviously i i recommend you know if if you if a, if a stutter is uncontrollable there's always a lot of things out there there's lots of programs you can go to. There's lots of therapies you can do to gain some form of control, some form of fluency. Um, there's Toastmasters where you can you know, become a more eloquent speaker, that you can become more comfortable speaking in public. Um, so obviously that, that that's one thing I recommend at the start. Uh, if if someone has an if someone has an uncontrollable stutter, uh, no, um, I think it's 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 important to get to that level where you feel comf- confident. To be able to approach people and talk to them, uh, regardless of whether you stutter or not. I think once you've got to that stage, stage um, it's about being honest about your stutter, being honest and and using our skills as good listeners to you know to to start their own business. So I think yeah, that, that's we can do anything we want to do. Uh, nothing should stop us. Mm, yeah, anything abs- at all. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much, Yanka. That's that's been amazing. We've like, yeah, I could keep talking to you like for hours. Um, if someone would like to find out a bit more about you, where can they find you? Um, so uh, of, I mean, they can find me on my website. Um, it's framedfantasies.com. Uh, I'm on Instagram, my website. Just send me a message. Um, I'm also a coach on the Maguire program, so they can find me there. Uh, as well but yeah in, in, any form um, LinkedIn any form of communication I'm, I'm always happy to talk to people I love talking I love talking I to people <laughs> so it's, it's, al- it's always great I, I always think of someone ca- someone getting in touch as a way of going through the journey together it's it's never about because I don't feel like I 
bring anything more to the table than being a good listener and that's what i think is um it's great that we 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 have the ability to do now mm. but now amazing thank you so much i'll make sure to provide all of the links to um to all of your social channels and you know, your website and all that this has been amazing thank you so much yanka <laughs> and uh, it's been i've enjoyed it thanks for having me susie i really enjoyed it yeah you're welcome to see you. um that's great uh thank you so much and um if you uh, enjoy this podcast please make sure to subscribe and also if you thought that this this episode um could benefit someone else uh, make sure you share it with your friends otherwise uh, looking forward to catching you next time Bye.